the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And today, we've got our NFL player projections for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs for the 2023, now 2024 season. On today's show, We're going to run through our top five at each skill position, discuss players we're especially high and low on, and we'll throw out a player prop for each position. Joining me, as always, the number one top dog fantasy ranker in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, congrats again. Uh, How you feeling, man? That's what's up. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, we had an amazing wild card weekend. It was fun to hang out with you all weekend. Win a ton of bets. I feel like everybody at Action Network just had a massive weekend. It was fun, you know, getting to meet some of our listeners, some of our readers. Uh, So overall, just an epic, epic weekend. Yeah, shout out to everyone who came out to uh, Hoboken uh, on Saturday and or Sunday. Uh, You guys were, you guys and gals were really amazing. Um, And really enjoyed meeting everybody. I mean, um, you know, just the stories some of y'all told me. I mean. Uh, I think it was mm-hmm. Mike it was like, you know, he helped, uh, we helped him pay for his wedding. Um, you know, just, just some really gratifying stories. So really, really enjoyed uh, meeting everybody. Shout out to everybody who came out and uh, we'll uh, keep you guys posted on when we're going to do our next yeah. event. And uh, yeah, man, uh, action, you know, all of us, I mean, I don't know if it was synergy or what, but yeah, it seemed like everybody, <laughs> everybody had just a, a, a ridiculous week uh in in terms of in positive in a positive way so uh let's keep it going though why uh divisional round we only got seven games left in the nfl season so we can dig as deep as we want to for this one uh we'll go through the pod the same way though same format we'll start at quarterback and go from there uh so i know there are only eight on the slate but uh <laughs> still I think it's interesting maybe more interesting uh with, let's hear your top five yeah, so this is almost our full QB ranks at this point. Yeah, right. uh, But I got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, number three, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Jared Goff. I got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Purdy, Mahomes, Goff. So, yeah, just the only f- difference is uh, flip-flop with Allen, yeah. Jackson. Um, the rushing upside for Allen I, I really love, but, um, you know, I don't think there's really much. I got. I think I got like a half a point separating those two guys. So <laughs> right. um, don't mind your Lamar number one, especially, um, you know, going against that pass funnel Texan defense. But who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on the guy that just missed probably both our top five, but it's Jordan Love. Uh, he's my QB six. Uh, and it would not shock me if he ends up inside the top five again this week. Last week, he just had another impressive performance. Dropped 272 yards, three touchdowns against the Cowboys. Uh, sent them packing. I mean, it was just a truly impressive performance. He could have had, you know, way more passing yards, maybe more touchdowns if Dallas had been able to keep it close. I mean, this was a blowout uh, right off the bat. Uh, there was also that pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he could have had a, an even bigger performance. So, you know, I, I was high on Jordan Love as soon as I saw him. In the preseason, but just the way he's been playing lately, I never saw this coming. He's truly looking like one of the better young quarterbacks in the game. Um, so, you know, this is a matchup where it's a difficult one, you know, against the the Niners, but could mean that the Packers are just going to lean on love even more. And and the crazy part is, is, you know, the Packers heading into the season had one of the least experienced pass catching groups in the league. I mean, Christian Watson had the most experience as a second year player. But they've also been banged up. But right now, his pass catchers are essentially at 100% health right now. So could be even better going forward. So love Jordan Love this week uh, at San Francisco. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a 
probably be a different game script. You know, San Francisco has had the luxury of, you know, resting starters in week 18, getting the bye. So I'm sure they'll be more prepared than Dallas uh, was. (laughs) So I think, you know, you mentioned it, only 21 pass attempts, 272 yards. Jordan Love, uh, since November, eight yards an attempt. That's elite. Uh, So, but this is going to be a tougher matchup. I, I do think the way he gets there this week is probably not quite as efficient as he's been uh, over these past two months. But, uh, you know, this San Francisco offense, I think uh, they can roll and kind of put the pressure on Green Bay uh, to score. Probably will get Green Bay in a trailing game script that didn't happen against Dallas. Yeah. Uh, what was it, 27 nothing before we blinked? So um, you could get, you know, like a – like what's the ceiling? Like same thing as as uh, as Dak, right? You know, something like four hundred yards is probably the ceiling uh, yeah. if if Green Bay gets behind in this one. So, um, you know, it could be could be a little uglier efficiency wise, but yeah, I, I think the volume will be there, and he's got guys guys are healthy for him. So, uh, and he's playing really really well. So yeah, I like that. I am high on Purdy. Uh, you know, really think he's a guy who continues to get overlooked. You know, Allen and Jackson are obviously the sexy names and they give you that rushing upside, but we know Patrick Mahomes hasn't been quite right going on the road to Buffalo first ever playoff game on the road. So I like Brock Purdy, you know, he's my QB three kind of in a tier of his own almost. And uh, I think he has a massive, massive upside. Uh, He's one of the, you know, rarely am I over uh, on, you know, relative to the books on passing yardage. And that doesn't mean you bet the prop, you know, passing yardage, yeah. you know, a seven yard edge or whatever is not really uh, a big edge. Cause you know, think about seven into like 270 is not a lot, but I have uh Purdy around uh, 275 yards, about, about 10, seven to 10 yards higher than the books uh, at most spots as we record on Thursday. And then this green Bay defense, I know they played well and, and you know, Dak made some mistakes, but, Green Bay 26th in pass defense DVOA. And again, Kyle Shanahan and this offense, they've had rest. They've had the luxury of being able to prepare. And even, even though they didn't know who their opponent was going to be, Green Bay got up so quick against Dallas that I think Shanahan said they started preparing for, for Green Bay like in the middle of the second oh. quarter. So, <laughs> nice. you know, they've they've had the luxury of of uh, of kind of figuring out how they want to attack this defense. You know, Joe Barry still not a very well-liked guy uh, in Green Bay for for good reason. So uh, I think this uh, San Francisco offense is going to cook through the air, on the ground, uh, and I think Purdy is going to be a big part of that, averaging almost nine yards an attempt uh, and now facing a uh, a bad defense. Got all those guys healthy, you know, Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, Kittle, uh McLeod is even back we'll see if we get a half a yard over under prop for him but um I I just really love uh Purdy in this matchup going up against a Green Bay defense that I think you know maybe recency bias people might you know they had the Mm. couple picks on Dak the pick six maybe people will forget just how bad this defense has been I mean before that Dallas game Green Bay had been uh pretty much bottom three uh, you know, over the second half of the season. So as good as Jordan Love had been, that Green Bay defense had been given a lot back. That's why Green Bay had to kind of claw its way into the playoffs. So love me some uh, Purdy this week. All right, who are you lower? Well, I hate to say it, but C.J. Stroud, uh, just because, you know, he's my QB8, and there's only eight quarterbacks on this slate. Um, and this isn't really a knock against him at all. Uh, this is how the slate's shaping up. Um, you know, we already have a handful of elite quarterbacks since this is the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, and Stroud has arguably the toughest matchup of the week against uh, Ravens defense. It's had plenty of time to rest up having the, the week one by um, they rank first in DVA against the pass. Um, they've also allowed the second fewest fancy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, despite facing the second most pass attempts per game, since they're usually up. I think the Ravens have only trailed like 60 snaps all year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, teams can, you know, they're going to get volume against them. They're just not going to be efficient. So, um, plus, you know, Stroud's been less efficient on the road against man coverage and against, you know, top 10 defenses, which isn't too surprising. Everybody is. So all, all of those factors are in play here. Granted, 
Stroud is one of the better up-and-coming quarterbacks in the game, so he might be able to overcome all this. I wouldn't be shocked. I think he's probably still worth some flyers in DFS. But just having said that, you know, we we definitely have to lower his median this week, and unfortunately, that puts him uh, QB eight. Surprising to see him below Baker Mayfield, but Baker played so well last week. You know, he had a couple of drops where his, his pass catchers let him down, so I had Baker slightly ahead of him, but. Uh, it just, it's weird to say that Stroud's my lowest ranked quarterback, but that's just unfortunately how this slate has shaped up. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to try to pick a different guy because it's Stroud for me as well. He, <laughs> he's my QB8, but, you know, I think you you said, uh, you, you hit on it. He's still worth flyers in DFS because yes. remember, Baltimore is a juggernaut. They're, they're a great team. Uh, and Houston's also a pass funnel. And, you know, Baltimore tends to be run heavy, but they might come out a little more aggressive in this one. You know, Beckham and, and Flowers and all those guys. Andrews even might be back. So they'll, hmm. they've had a chance to rest guys. And, um, you know, it'll it'll be a a pretty zone-heavy look from Houston. So uh, you could get a situation, too, kind of like with, with Love. It might not be as efficient as usual. But, you know, Houston, which Stroud also really hasn't been trailing much outside of, that uh lately i mean outside of that jet game where you know it was just a, a lost cause anyway so we haven't really seen like stroud getting you know behind by multiple scores a lot lately you know early in the year we did but um since he kind of took off uh you know we haven't seen much of that either so you could get some volume you could get a, a lot of yardage here and then you're just hoping that uh the talent takes over so you know there are eight quarterbacks on the slate somebody's gotta be ranked qb8 uh so i totally agree yeah. i have him qb8 as well but um don't don't think he's a fade in dfs or anything like that but i will say you know he you know usually you're looking at stroud throwing for you know upwards of 280 yards maybe you know getting close to 300 uh, i have him you know in the 230s for this match yeah. so um that's just a median that doesn't mean he can't throw for 400 <laughs> but yep. it's his median and in his floor obviously are uh the lowest I, it's been i would i, I believe all year since maybe the first couple of weeks in terms of, of my projections mm-hmm. at least. Uh okay. We both went one and one last week on props. Mm. Um so our worst performances of the week. Because <laughs> I yeah everything else everything else is pretty good. <laughs> Shout out to Romeo Dobbs. But uh <laughs> I gotta I gotta throw out a prop here for quarterbacks. Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna go with a guy that I'm I seem to be higher than the market mm. on and higher than you on. And I can't really find a way to lower him. So I'm just going to throw out a line. Uh, and it's actually the line I have projected. And I'm just going to see, okay. uh, you know, w- which way he'll go. Uh, so Jared Goff, been playing well himself, uh, indoors against the Tampa Bay defense that has been has been a little shaky. Uh, I have him at a median of 277 and a half passing yards over under. That's a good line. Uh, I noticed his his prop has actually gone up above that. Mm. Um, I was closer to the low two seventies. Yep. So I will take the under here, but that that is shaping up to be what where the market has stabilized at least. But I have I have him like right around like two seventy one, two seventy one and a half, like that range. Yeah, my my average is like two eighty one. My median is like two two seventy, like like what I gave you two seventy seven and a half. But yeah, I think earlier in the week, um, the line was a little bit lower. But yeah, I noticed it's starting to come up. But um, yeah, I mean, it's this Detroit team is fast paced, runs a lot of plays, uh, pretty efficient, going against a defense that hasn't you know non prohibitive, uh, and an offense you know that Detroit defense isn't great, so. Uh, and you could see a lot and it's also a pass funnel defense. So, um, I think that kind of helps the the Lions as well. And the Bucks are one of those teams that, you know, they, they can be solid on offense, but they don't necessarily possess the ball a ton because Mm -hmm. they, they're not, they don't have a great running game. So uh, I think Detroit's plays are, are kind of maximized in in my model. And so a lot of things kind of working in, in the favor of Goff here. So, uh, interesting to see that one. And they'll have a better plan for the Blitz than the Eagles did. Yeah, you would hope, right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> that was—I mean, Goff isn't actually—he's actually not great against the blitz, um, but that—that that could actually help his yardage if they don't do as well as we expect early. Because uh, Goff is a number one ranked uh, graded quarterback in PFF with no blitz, uh, drops to twenty second 
when blitz. So this is gonna be an interesting one here. But um, yeah, I have, I'm I'm a little bit high on uh, on Goff. So interesting. I'm high on the Bucks, which is interesting. But I'm also high on Goff. So maybe I maybe I need to take the over in those this are game. Correlated. Or yeah, it sounds I mean, like yeah, it. But yeah, th- those yeah. are pretty correlated. If you think the Bucks are gonna keep up, Goff's gonna keep throwing. So that that's mm-hmm. why you you know lean towards his over here. Yeah, and pe- and a lot you know coaches respect that uh, that that Tampa Bay front in terms of running the ball. So uh, maybe right. their pass rate is a little higher too. But uh, all right, running back, uh, who you got in the top five? Uh, it's been a few weeks, but welcome back to the number one slot, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, then it opens up a bit. I have Isaiah Pacheco number two, then Rashad White, Jameer Gibbs, and James Cook to round out my top five. I got uh, CMC. I got Aaron Jones, number two, actually. Uh, Rashad White, Pacheco, and then Gibbs. Uh, So that's interesting. So where do you have Jones? Just curious. Six. He's right there. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, he's tough to project. It's because, like, you know, he's been getting so many carries, and Dylan hasn't really been active. But at this point, I don't think Dylan's going to get much. It's just how much – how many passing snaps does Jones play? Because it's kind of skewed because he's been playing in all these positive game script games where – as the early down, you know, he usually, if he's going to come out these days, he usually comes out on third down. Uh, whereas, you know, in the past, he was more of a passing down back. So um, it's, it's a little tough to project his passing, uh, passing yeah. down usage. So I might, might that, that ranking might change, but um, it's kind of, it's kind of a little shaky after, after CFC, I must say. Like there's not, yeah, no other I love. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's like six backs you could make a case to be the RB too. Yeah, I think Jones, White, Pacheco, uh Gibbs or Cook probably. Um, you know, the, yeah. all those guys, uh, depending on how things go. Who are you high on? Yeah, so I just said there's like six to maybe eight running backs you could argue should be the RB two. Mine currently is Isaiah Pacheco, so I guess I'm high on him. Um and as predicted last week, you know, the Chiefs leaned on him heavily, uh, ran the ball twenty-four times for eighty-nine yards and a touchdown. Uh he only got one pass for negative one yard I believe but that had more to do with just the Chiefs being up all game you know the Dolphins didn't really make it put up a fight here so they didn't really have to throw much lean on dump dump offs to Pacheco like I thought they would um so you could see him go back to three to four catches um in the passing game here with Jarrett McKinnon you know still out uh and the Bills defense you know they we saw it unfold they they suffered a ton of injuries uh specifically to the linebackers you know they're already without Matt Milano, who's on IR, but Terrell Dodson missed last game with the shoulder injury. Terrell Bernard had to to leave on the cart with the ankle injury. So they might be really thin at linebacker. Even backup Balin Specter had to leave the game with a back injury. So we'll have to see who's even able to suit up, but it could be an even better matchup for Pacheco. So if he gets in the second level, might be more likely to break a big run, uh, you know, if they have to use a ton of backups at linebacker. Um, so yeah, as of now, uh, I have Pacheco. He's barely my RB two, but as of now, he is my RB two uh, to open the week. Yeah, and uh, I'll actually talk more about him with the guy I'm low on. But uh, I'm going to stay in the same game for who I'm high on, and that's James Cook uh, of the Bills going up against Kansas City. You know, 27th in run defense DVOA are the Chiefs, 21st in DVOA on passes to running backs, and Cook since. Joe Brady took over for Ken Dorsey at offensive coordinator, averaging 19.9 touches, 102 scrimmage yards, and a half a touchdown per game over his last eight games. Uh, he's been a little bit quieter lately, but, um, you know, I think that's mostly, you know, just noise. You know, you're not going to be able to put up, you know, 100 plus yards every single game, but I think he has a really good shot. He's still one of the most efficient running backs in the league. Uh, this is, a, you know, and the Bills have just been a lot more run heavy, too. So even though Cook is still getting about you know 70% or so of the backfield touches uh, on average, it's still a lot of it ends up being a lot of touches because uh, the Bills are have, have gotten so much more run heavy since Brady took over. And this is a game, you know, in the cold in Buffalo, you're a home favorite. We always like that for running backs going up against the Chiefs. Uh, who his weakness is on the ground. So love Cook to have uh, another big one. Perhaps he busts in an explosive or something like that. And the Chiefs really, you know, their pass defense is really strong. You know, they have a lot of good cornerbacks. Um, you know, they can and they can defend the pass. So I think 
You might see some dump-offs to cook as well. I know Josh Allen doesn't do that a ton, but uh, you might see some of that. You might see some design screens in this game. Uh, a lot of a lot of different things. But I think Cook has to be, outside of Josh Allen, obviously, the centerpiece uh, of this Bills offense because Stephon Diggs in this current offense is just not – he's not the dominant force that he was uh, in years past. And uh, in this kind of game, postseason, cold-weather game, uh, I think it sets up well for Cook. So love me some Cook going up against the Chiefs. Yeah, and his uh, 70% of the the running back rush attempt share, it's kind of misleading because seven of Ty Johnson's eight carries came on the final drive when they yep. you know, were clearly going to win. They were just trying to salt the game away. He got seven straight rush attempts. So if the game was closer, I mean, James Cook would have just seen a ton of carries. So they're clearly leaning on him even more now that they're in must-win games in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing like about uh, last weekend, uh, I noticed is just like some teams are just it just mystifying what they're doing with these running back carries. Like I remember having like I had uh, Jalen Warren under nine and a half and eight and a half, and like the Steelers are giving draw plays to him on yeah. the down two scores to open a drive. It's like what are y'all doing? So hopefully, uh, you know, the Bills just feed cook and, and don't do any stupidness uh like you don't you don't really <laughs> yeah. need to be giving ty johnson carries to be honest you know they've they figured out that they don't need to give murray carries so i give him credit thank for god that. i mean i had that under nine and a half rushing yards and i think it was the second drive he was in there on the opening snap and granted yep. it was a play action pass he didn't see a single carry but we're, we're seeing all these weird trends in, occur in the playoffs and it's uh yeah it's mind-boggling yeah so that that is uh you know not necessarily related to running backs in particular, but something I did notice is I do think in, in these playoff games, teams do make a little bit more of an effort to break tendency. Like the Cowboys, for example, they're man heavy and pass heavy. They're man heavy on defense and pass heavy on offense. They came out and tried to run and they played uh, a lot of zone and they came out playing zone. And then, uh, you know, you saw like Latavius Murray in the game, who's usually a, you know, they're usually going to hand it off to him and they, and the play actioning. So a lot of different teams, I think, yeah. are aware of the tendencies. And I, sometimes I think they try to get too cute trying to break these tendencies, but that is something to kind of uh, pay mm-hmm. attention to as we're uh, looking at all these uh, projections. But um, who are you low on at running back? Uh, Devin Singletary. Um, I, I believe I said I was high on him last week. This week I'm low on. He's my RB8. Um, you know, he's been banking on just massive volume over the last few weeks just because he's become more of a true workhorse back. it's It's been crazy to see just how little uh, snaps Damian Pierce is getting now. I mean, you call that on his under nine and a half rushing yards. It's insane. That's what his prop is now. And it, the clear values on the under. Uh, but, you know, even the past wait, weeks. Wait, it's up. It's up. The Pierce prop is up. No, I'm saying last week. I don't think they're going to oh, offer anything. No, right I, I, was like, I went straight to my sports book. I was so ready to hammer that. I'll, let you, know, I'll let you know on the side <laughs> if that happens. I won't be breaking news right now. But, um, you know, even the past two weeks, even that massive volume really wasn't enough for Singletary. Uh, he only saw 65 and 70 total yards. Uh, but he was able to score a touchdown in each of those games. Uh, but that's just going to be tougher to get on the, the board that way against the Ravens. Uh, the Texans have the lowest team total by far the weekend, right around 17, 18 points, which is obviously very, very low for the Texans. Um, so just given, you know, Singletary's efficiency being lower, uh, especially with the tougher matchup and the, the much, much lower odds of actually scoring a touch on here, I'm very low on Singletary here. So he's my lowest rank starting running back this week at RB8. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I actually gave out uh, as one of my uh, top picks, uh, one of my six-pack picks on this week's Action Network pod is Singletary under 16 and a half receiving yards. Um, you know, so I'm I'm right there with you. I, he plays, you know, a lot. He plays almost every snap on early downs. He will come out on third downs and, you know, other, you know, sometimes in the hurry up as well for Agun Bawale. And like, like I said, we haven't really seen too much of Houston uh, trailing, especially big since uh, Singletary became the lead back. There's been a couple games in there, but uh, more for, for the most part, especially with CJ Stroud, 
the games have been close or or the Texans have been winning. So uh, I think Singletary actually might see a lower percentage of uh, pass snaps than he has because there will be they, there could be more third downs, more you know uh, you know hurry up and things like that, which he might not necessarily be in on. Uh, and the Ravens have really good. Uh, linebackers and you know you have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen so it's not easy to get you know to just shake those guys so yeah I think it'll be a tough game for Singletary uh, all around but I am already on his uh, on his receiving under. Uh, I am low on Clyde Edwards-Elair at Buffalo and I kind of you know talked about how there would be a guy that kind of relates to to your being high in Pacheco and I think another reason to like Pacheco is uh, he might get almost every snap in this game because CEH, he might look tempting, you know, for DFS or, or something like that. Eight touches last week and, uh, you know, McKinnon's still out. LaMichael Pirine is not seeing the field as the number three back. So, um, you know, it, it is a a kind of a, a tempting spot here. But eight, eight of those touch, eight touches, four of those eight touches, four of his seven carries were the last uh, – four carries of the game for the Chiefs when they were trying to milk the clock and he fumbled on the last one, which almost made you uh, have a heart attack with your Tua under <laughs> under completion. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, you know, there's a chance that in this game, it's just Pacheco. I mean, we've seen Pacheco get every backfield carry before uh, two games ago. Now CEH was out for that game. I think Piran was the, the RB two, but still, uh, it's it's happened before, and you know Edwards Elair has been playing more, you know, kind of the McKinnon role, light, not not as quite as many pass snaps as McKinnon, but he has been playing some pass snaps. But um, like you said, I think you know if the if Kansas City is in a closer game, they're going to need more of their best player uh, in the backfield, and that is Pacheco. So I could see Pacheco getting you know eighty five, ninety percent of the snaps in this one. I could see Ceh not getting a touch or, or only getting one or two. So uh, I am not chasing those eight touches from last week. All right, what are you, what are you doing for the prop? All right, so uh, one of my rare losses over the weekend was Jameer Gibbs over 50 and a half rushing yards. Uh, it was looking really good early on, but fizzled out. So I'm going to help need you to help sharpen my uh, Jameer Gibbs rushing prop for me this week. Uh, but uh, I haven't even seen the market for this, so I don't know where it's at right now. So I'm just going to give out where I'm projecting him. Uh, I have him at 52 and a half rushing yards against the Bucks here. Are you over or under that? Ooh, that is a great line. Um, I am right at that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like literally right at that. Um, I think, yeah, my median would be, sli- my, my median would be 52. Um, okay. Not 53. So that's a great line. I- I'm going to, I'm going to go under for what it's worth. The market actually is under both of us. Uh, the market is oh, between no, I just saw. 44 and 47 and a half. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go, you know, go wisdom of the crowds here. It it will probably move in our direction. Um, yeah. But, uh, just curious. What do you have for, uh, I'm, I'm going to do the under, but what do you have for the, uh, like, what do you have for Gibbs and Montgomery carries? Like what are, what's the split for you? So I have Gibbs at 11 mm-hmm. uh, and Montgomery just under 14. So let's, let's call it 13 and a half, but um, I was a bit surprised on just how much work Montgomery got last week, uh, especially how good Gibbs looked early on. I, I didn't like some of the play calls they did have for Gibbs. They kind of put him in bad situations. But, yeah, like, can can you, like, talk me off just betting Gibbs over 44 and a half right now? I can't. I, I think – I mean, he's been <laughs> over that in more than half yeah. his game. Um, I, I think that is the side. I, I don't. I can't see myself going much lower. Again, I'm just, you know, I, I think this Lion-Buck game is going to have a lot of yardage. Uh, you know, it's indoors, right. probably maybe a few more points than we think. Um, and it, But it is, it ha- the, the only thing I'll say is it is one of those projections that probably a little bit more variance than the usual uh, projection because you're dealing yeah. with two, two backs who are kind of close to 50-50. Uh, so in any, like last week, as you mentioned, we saw a lot of Montgomery – we just talked about how these teams are trying to make it a, a more of a point to break tendency. Mm-hmm. So this could be a Gibbs heavy game script. So it's, it's really True. tough to kind of project that and, and definitively say that, but definitely I, I think the ceiling is very high 
Uh, and the floor is, is fairly high because, you know, he's not going to dip under like, you know, 40 ish percent of, of yeah. the, it's not probably going to go under 60, 40, but um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's really tough, but yeah, I have him at, I have him at, at like 11, 452 as well. And Montgomery and, just under 14 as well carries. Yeah. The, the only, yeah. The only real problem, my only two losses of the weekend were over bets. My only yeah. real problem is always getting myself to like take an over. I have no problem taking it under. So part of my concern is being on the over here. Uh, if anything, maybe I'll take like Gibbs to lead the game in rushing yards at like, you know, five to one or something like that. That might be the better way to invest in this ceiling than taking the over on his median again. I don't, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say another guy who I think is a really good DFS play because he is priced up, but again, like this might be a Gibbs week because last week was a Montgomery mm-hmm. week. And I think some that's how these teams kind of, especially when you're kind of a uh, embarrassment of riches, like the lions, you yeah. can, you can do that. You can feature different guys each and every week next to uh, Amon Ross. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm going under 52 and a half just because uh, I have it just under. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now a quick word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Are you too sad from betting wildcard weekend underdogs to leave your house? No problem. With HelloFresh, You skip trips to the grocery store, and unlike betting unders, they make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why they are America's number one meal kit. This time of year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits, so look to HelloFresh's wholesome options each week, like their protein smart recipes. People say a lot of things, but we know two things are always true. First, you can't rely on the passing game on windy conditions. Second, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh agrees with both of those. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash ActionPodFree and use code ActionPodFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash ActionPodFree with code ActionPodFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Receiver, top five we got. Wow, this is a fun top five. Uh, love this this slate at receiver. Uh, but I got Amon Ross St. Brown, number one. Then I have Debo, Nico Collins, Brandon Ayuk, and Rasheed Rice. I have Amon Ross St. Brown, number one, Nico, number two, Debo, number three, Rasheed Rice, number four, and Mike Evans, number five. Oh, nice. And Ayuk, probably number six. Somewhere yep, Ayuk's right, number right six. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Green Bay is is kind of zone, usually zone heavy under Joe, Joe Barry, and that's usually signals, uh, I mean, Ayuk kills it against any coverage, but uh, <laughs> yeah. when the team plays tends towards zone, that tends to be when Debo really goes off. Uh, you know, not quite as great against against man coverage. At least that's how it's been over the last couple of years. So um, that's that's the only reason I have Ayuka Whittle for uh, just outside yeah. my top five. But who are you high on? Uh, all right, Rayvon, plug your ears. Um, <laughs> I'm high. I'm high on Romeo Dobbs against the Niners. Uh, he's my wide receiver eleven. Uh, last week, you know, Dobbs going off. 
was a bit unexpected against Dallas because leading into last week, they did use man coverage at the third highest rate around 35% of the time. And as you pointed out, Dobbs ranked dead last, dead last out of 89 qualified wide receivers and routes run uh, or yards per route run against man coverage. He's top 20 against zone. So in theory, facing a Niners team that uses man coverage just around 20% of the time, the 11th lowest rate, would expect Dobbs to be in a better spot here. Plus, he's pro- the Packers wide receivers are always tough to project, but even more now with Bo Melton now in the mix and everybody healthy. But I think Dobbs is probably the safest bet to, to have an 80, 80% plus routes run rate. Um, so I love him here this week. His, you know, his roster ship in DFS will probably be higher after last week. But either way, uh, just based on the matchup and how well Jordan Love is playing right now, uh, I do think Dobbs is, you know, pushing top 10 value here this week. Yeah, that was, I mean, the only thing that could go wrong, I guess, is, or not the only thing, but like, is if San Francisco says we want to break tendency, right. we're a zone heavy team, and they, they start manning everybody up, which, I mean, that would that would be knowing, knowing, uh, knowing like, just how everything has gone with this Green Bay receiving core. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I have Dobbs projected for the uh, most routes of these Green Bay yeah. receivers at, at 80% on the on the dot actually. So um I'm right there with you. He's my wide receiver 11 as well. Uh Jaden Reed's my wide receiver 10, so Same. Um, they're both yeah, they're both <laughs> right there. But uh I'm just curious, what do you have rough like right now for the like routes with uh like I'm guessing you have Dobbs around 80%. Uh but the rest of these guys, they've been kind of up and down, you know, Reed, Wicks, and Watson in particular? Uh, I mean, yeah, Reed is probably the most tricky because every week I'm showing like massive value on his under four and a half receptions, but I just can't get there because his routes run rate has been so low recently, uh, probably because of the injury. Um, so I have him around 64% here, uh, and I don't feel great about it. And the other thing with Reed, they, they just stopped giving him design rush attempts. Um, like we were projecting him for what? three carries a game for, for a hot minute mm-hmm. there. Now it's, you know, under five, half. Uh, under a half for me. I think part of I, I kind of called that when Aaron Jones was out, I thought they might start getting read some more design rush attempts because, you know, you need some lightning to at least go along with AJ Dillon's thunder. Uh, but with Aaron Jones back, maybe they just thought there's no reason to do that, especially with Reed playing through injury. Um, so yeah, right now I have Reed at 64% routes run rate uh, with very little, you know, usage in the run game. Um, I think Wicks is probably their number three receiver, in my opinion. So I have him around 65%. And then Christian Watson, who the hell knows? I have him 45%. And Bo Melton, the mystery that is Bo Melton, I have at 30%. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I have a little different. Uh, I have Dobbs 80%, Reed 65%. So that's kind of the same. We're in uh, the, the exact same <laughs> projection yeah. there. And then, uh, so Wicks and Watson both at fifty five percent because I really don't know. Okay, um, they kind of they kind of added up to right around a hundred last game, but I think if things are closer, uh, you know they they won't it won't it, they'll get more snaps and Melton will probably dip. So I have uh, Wicks and Watson at fifty five each, and then Melton at twenty. So um, oh yeah, know, just Mel- going a little low for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I- Careful not to move Melton down too much. He's just being used <laughs> yeah. too much. And I, I love Wicks. I at, Right now, I think Wicks is probably better than Watson. I think Wicks could be a sleeper pick next year. So uh, I could see why you have him 55 each, but I'm just very careful moving Wicks down because I think the Packers love him. I think he's underrated. And with Watson, you just never know if he can make it through a full game. So, yeah, those two are probably the, the trickiest to project right now for sure, though. I mean, if you have Watson – like at 45 that means you must have his like receiving yardage at like 20 like median at like 23 or something like that right yeah yeah and his props what 30 right now so yeah it's uh let's see if you're listening um yeah <laughs> yeah it's 29 and a half it's 26 and a half at bet mgm and yeah it's 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 even it might be higher than there at some spots but yeah it's i guess it's coming down so not not showing yeah, a come, ton of value, but you definitely are decidedly under. Um, yes, and, like the market is is with you. Like Wix, they have Wix at BetMGM <laughs> at thirty five and a half. So um, 
I mean, I'm under both of them, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just kind of, it, but it is, it's such a tricky projection. So yeah, if anything, I wouldn't, I would love fading his receiving yards. Cause you know, he gets downfield targets. Mm-hmm. He is an explosive uh, player with the ball in his hands. Maybe his uh, under two and a half receptions looks like it's around minus 150 minus 155 might be the way to go. But again, we're talking about a very volatile situation. So it's, we're not going to be as confident when we're talking about median projections. So I'm not saying I would go there, but as of now, I'd be more willing to invest in Watson's floor uh, than anything right now. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time. Like he's going to, he's going to pop off for like an, an eight, oh, a 75 yeah. yard touchdown at some point. So, and if he does that, then everyone else uh, might hit the under. So it's, it's, yeah. it is, it's very tricky. I'm high on Chris Godwin at the lions. Now is for a couple of reasons. Number one, the matchup Detroit has their best cornerback and coverage, in my opinion, inside, you know, branch. Uh, you also have CJ who can, who could do some of that. Sutton could follow Evans. Stuck and I talked about this on the Action Network pod. So Godwin likely, he's been playing in the slot less these days, uh, could match up the most on Kendall Vildor, who, who, has a 51.7 PFF coverage grade, number 110 out of 128 qualified corners. And Godwin's been pretty productive over his last six games. 5.7 catches, 77 yards, and uh, two touchdowns in those six last six games. So, uh, like Godwin in this spot, indoors, uh, could be a trailing game script, should be a good matchup. And uh, they're moving him around, so should be able to find... Uh, some uh, soft spots in the zone, or if you know if they play man, it's probably going to be Vildor more often than not, and uh, Godwin definitely advantage Godwin in that scenario. So yeah. uh, like Chris Godwin, and I know uh, it kind of goes uh, right into who you're low on. Yeah, so uh, I'm low on Trey Palmer. He's my wide receiver <laughs> 19. Uh, you know, I mentioned I was high on him last week. He was my dart throw. Uh, we were all over him uh, in our Action Island. Parlay, shout out to Nick Giffen for throwing him out him out there for his uh anytime touchdown prop. Uh that that parlay hit uh 32 to 1. Uh the last play that cashed it was that Trey Palmer <laughs> touchdown. Um uh, however, uh that 56 yard touchdown, I should say it was a great play. Uh however, I should say that was his only reception yep. of the game. And the most alarming thing, and I can't wait to hear what your take on this is because I can't figure it out, but he only ran a route on 33% of Baker's dropbacks, which was about half of the percentage that he usually runs. Uh, I'm not sure why it fell off that much, but it did come at the expense of David Moore, who had a 42% routes run rate. He had a great game as well. Uh, he yep. also had a nice long touchdown. Uh, the Bucks also, you know, they used more two tight end personnel due to the fact they were up by one to two plus scores for most of the game. Um, so, you know, here Palmer already had a low usage rate for a player, you know, with a 70% plus routes run rate kind of, uh, playing time rate, but he can't afford to also see his playing time take a hit. So I'm much lower on this week, but any idea why he saw his routes run rate take such a big hit other than just David Moore playing really well, well there. No, I think, I think that's really what it is. I mean, you know, I noticed that too, during the game, I was talking to our guy, Matthew Treby. And, uh, you know, he was like, I think Palmer's second half receiving line over under was six and a half, which he obviously beat by 50 yards on that touchdown. (laughs) But I was saying, you know, it seems like he's kind of getting usurped a little bit by uh, David Moore. And David Moore has been playing well. David Moore has been the better run blocker this year. Uh, David Moore has been, you know, the higher graded receiver at PFF this year. So, um, you know, it's and David Moore, like you said, more yards, more catches, and just as many touchdowns as Palmer in that game. Two for 66 and a touchdown himself. So um, I, I thought Moore looked really good in the preseason. was kind of surprised that he didn't make the final roster. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of telling that in the first you know week of the playoffs, it's David Moore and Palmer essentially splitting snaps. Uh, you know, I still have Palmer projected for more, but I got cornered uh, in the market. <laughs> So I gave out uh, Palmer under 20 and a half receiving yards on the uh, Action Network pod as as one of my six pack picks. And it's down to it's between 15 and a half and 17 and a half everywhere. Uh, I think 
17 and a half at Ben MGM, but I mean, it, it lost and it was, it was, I actually got it at 21 and a half. So it's, it's lost like four to six yards, which I think is correct. But yeah. Um, yeah. So RIP to that prop. I can't bet that anymore, <laughs> but I'm right there with you um, for the second time, second position in a row, you know, Singletary on nice. low on bet is receiving under uh, Palmer also same thing. And I think this is one of the best times to bet an under on a guy like this is, you know, a 56 yard touchdown is going to naturally inflate your average when you're only, you know, your median is under 20 yards receiving or right around 20 yards receiving and probably get lower than that now, because again, losing some snaps. So uh, yeah, I think this is a great time to to sell high on him last week. uh, We bought him. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm low on Palmer. Uh, as well just keep giving out his under like i did with dawson knox i gave it out like four different times <laughs> each time a yard lower which is brutal when you're talking about you know a prop in the 12 and a half yard range so i think you just stick with it you got to be careful though that you don't accidentally piss him off because one of the reasons <laughs> nick did like his touchdown prop is he has scored a touchdown after every single time he's tweeted that he was pissed off heading into the game so that's like five or six times um, so be careful to not piss him off. Maybe he's pissed off that he saw his playing time chopped in half too. So uh, whatever we do, we do not want to piss off Trey Palmer. Yeah, I would really like not to because uh, that was one of the first bets. If, if not, I think, yeah, it was the first bet I made uh, this week, actually. I, I was the, oh, nice. That was the one line that was just, I saw completely out of whack at, at 21 and a half. It's still 17 and a half at BetMGM. It's dropping. Um, I, yeah, my median is 16 for him. So don't really show a ton of value uh, at the 17 and a half, like slight, you know, if, if you're just spraying the board and you just want the right side, I think still the under, but um, the market has kind of caught up uh, to my, uh, to my chagrin, but uh, I'm going to go low on a guy that I hate, I hate doing this because he's just so good, (laughs) but I mean, we just haven't seen enough production lately uh, to, to justify you know, the DFS price. And, you know, I think the the props are going to be uh, a little bit high for him as well. And that's Stephon Diggs uh, up against the Kansas City Chiefs. He, you know, the Chiefs are fifth in DVOA against number one wide receivers, according to FTN. Uh, they are second on defense in fewest schedule adjusted receiving yards per game allowed to number one wide receivers, uh, just just under 50. Uh, which is, you know, that's nothing. So that that tells you just how good Kansas City's been. Kansas City actually has four cornerbacks, three cornerbacks uh, in the top 31 uh, in PFF coverage grade and a fourth at number 56 out of 128. So they have the number four, the number 25, the number 31, and the number 56. So they have corners for days. You know, they can, and, you know, the way this Bill's offense is, you know, even if Gabe Davis returns, he's not a, he's not a guy, like he's not a high volume guy. Uh, and then it's just, you know, tight ends mostly and back. So you could take out digs a little bit, you know, more than I feel like you have been in years past, especially with Buffalo being so much more run heavy under offense, new offensive coordinator, coordinator, excuse me, Joe Brady. Uh, in the eight games since Brady took over for Ken Dorsey, Stefan Diggs, 5.1 catches, 46 yards per game with just uh, one touchdown in those eight games. So you know, that's not, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, and now you're, now you're facing a tough matchup. So, and you're a, a home favorite. So that also is not ideal because, you know, there was a time earlier in the year when Buffalo was <laughs> what the 11th seed, you know, and that, and Diggs was still putting up numbers. He had some really good games against tough matchups. So it's not out of the question, but uh, his floor, his median, uh, it just keeps creeping down because now we're talking, now we're up to eight games of him averaging, you know, receiving yardage in the mid forties. So uh, low on Stefan Diggs. All right. So let's see, what am I going to do for the prop? Let's go with Stefan Diggs. Cause I think he's, he's, he's really tough to project. Um, just a lot, you know, how, how uh, run heavy is the, are the bills going to go? Um, you know, is, you know, we don't know if Gabe Davis is going to be back. So it's, it's a tough projection, but so it's, uh, but I, I, you know, it's, it's one that I'm kind of, the most uncertain about. So let's go with, let's go with 62 and a half receiving yards. Damn it. That is like literally what I got. Um, You just mentioned Gabe Davis. So I have Gabe 
playing, playing, you know, running right on around 65% of dropbacks. So I'm going to use this as the deciding factor. I'm going to see what happens if Gabe Davis is out. Because uh, he hasn't practiced yet, right? No, he has not. Okay, so let's see what happens if Gabe Davis is out. Could it, it, it could go either way, I think. Yeah, Diggs prop goes up just a tad. I'm going to go with the over. That is a great line. That is exactly where I have it at. But just the potential of Gabe Davis uh, being ruled out and seeming, I guess, at this point more likely leans me uh, to the over. So just I'm a couple yards above you then. Yeah, he's – I mean, it's just been a nightmare projecting him because he's like – he. there's also that span, you know, kind of when – Brady took over where Diggs' route participation rate went way down, you know, but his target rate went up like per route. So it's kind of, it was kind of weird. It was just like really tough to project, but I mean, over like in those games, since Brady took over 27, 74, 24, 48, 29, 26, 87, 52. So he's been over that number and only two uh of his eight so far so it's, yeah. it's uh it's so tough to project i remember reading um i didn't see it but i guess somebody in the media asked mcdermott about Diggs's playing time and someone from their pr team interrupted him or something he didn't answer it but it was like he wasn't allowed to talk about it so i wonder what was going on there i noticed that too hmm. that's that's i did not I have to invent i i love some juicy things like this i'm gonna have to like dive in a little bit more but those concerns have been lifted. Uh, he's top 90% the past two games, but I wonder if I, there, there was an injury or something was going on that we, we we weren't privy to, but McDermott didn't answer it, and I guess he was, like, interrupted before he could. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, his, his season-long numbers still look fine. You know, 160 targets, 107 catches, uh, 1,183 yeah. yards. You know, it's it's not it, – but it's just, like, there was just a huge downtick uh, around midseason when they, when they switched coordinators, so – yeah, uh, and remember, Diggs had that weird, you know, whatever it was earlier in camp where they thought him and they had he had like an issue with the offense, and you know, uh, I think he like did he like sit out a couple of days of camp or he like no showed or something, and there was like news and Josh <laughs> Allen had it. Yeah. I don't know what's been going on with him. But. I I don't know, but anytime I have like the over on his prop, I do notice he kind of takes himself out of the game a lot. Like he'll have his mouthpiece fall out. Yeah, he's like ah, I'm going to sit out this play. Like that's why his routes run rate are always a little bit lower if you watch the game. A lot of times he just kind of takes himself out of the play, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, but that, that's that been a common theme for him for a few years now. Maybe his agent negotiated like he only has to play X amount of run blocking snaps or something. <laughs> yeah, know. could be. Who knows? Who knows? Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. And he's, he's been playing well, but yeah, tough matchup. So uh, yeah. interested to see uh, where that one lands. But let's go to tight end. Who you got in the top five? Uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Sam Laporta. Dalton Kincaid and Mark Andrews for for now. Um, you know he's he's returned to practice, but they're saying that he's he's not like a lock to play this week or anything. But mm-hmm. uh, if he does, I have him right around tight end five. Uh, actually, if he plays, I'd still have him outside the top five because uh, I don't hmm. I don't think I, I think he'd be a little more situational. Um, you know, like third downs, passing downs, red zone, things like that. Uh, and sounds Baltimore. like pretty uh, sounds like pretty key downs to me. I mean, no, it is, it is. But you know, Baltimore <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, is a big favorite, so there might not be quite like if they were a nine point, ten point underdog, then it'd be a little easier to kind of just project him for a good amount of targets. But um, it's it's kind of just up in the air right now. I guess we just yeah. have to keep monitoring yeah. it. But um, I got Kelsey Kittle, Laporta, uh, Dalton Schultz, and Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Schultz, another Dalton's. another guy that cashed that under with the uh oh my god like that oh, drop that long that that, that yeah long so the pass. that that must have been the first play of the game uh i think it was about 20 air yards and he probably had room to run after that and uh when he dropped it like half the people in the the bar turned and looked at me uh it was very uncomfortable uh <laughs> sweating yeah. it under at the bar uh but then yeah when he uh when stroud chucked it deep uh you know, I, I kind of complain that the, the TV broadcast cameras, you can't tell who they're throwing it to. Uh, I had no idea where the ball's going, but I thought since Trout was chucking it so far down the field, I, I was safe. And sure enough, Dalton Schultz was the one that was under the ball, caught the touchdown, somehow survived that. Uh, thanks to those picks, those back-to-back pick sixes probably helped me out there. But uh, yeah, that was only his only catch of the game. Uh, and I survived, you know, the bar looking at me anytime. Schultz drew a target, so hap, hap, really happy to win that bet. 
At least one of us survived. Because when Romeo Dobbs, I mean, he, <laughs> he he not only went over, he went over four times, like four or five times over. So at least uh, he did it early. Uh, right, just, just get out of the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was the third play of the game, uh, the third pass of the game, and the third play of the game for Houston Schultz got that. Uh, got that. Yeah, target. you were coming back from the bathroom, and I I had already seen uh, on my dots on my phone what was coming, and I tried to prepare you, <laughs> uh, pr- protect you from uh, the the misery of that. But yeah. It was the right play. It was the right play. All right. Uh, who are you hiring at tight end? All right. So I'm high on Sam Laporta. Um, he's my tight end three. Um, and to be honest, it was a bit shocking that he was even able to play last week. You know, he, he hyperextended and had a bone bruise on his knee. Had to be wear that huge knee brace. Uh, but he did manage to run her out on 80% of Goff's dropback. So he's probably more healthy than I even thought he would be. Um, he, he was kind of, you know, he had the modest receiving line of three catches, 14 yards and a touchdown. So he kind of bailed out his fancy line with the touchdown, but you have to imagine, you know, he's only going to get healthier uh, as the playoffs go on. So while he might not be a hundred percent this upcoming week, uh, he, he should be a lot closer than he was last week. And I thought he looked okay last week. So I think he's back in the top three status. Uh, he obviously has a ton of upside had an amazing rookie season. So I think he's a player that people might be sleeping on because they did see him be a bit hindered last week. But again, I think he's only getting healthier. So I'm bumping him up uh, this week. Yeah, I'm surprised the market is as low as it is uh, on Laporta, given that he practiced in full uh, for the last practice of the week last week and then played his usual allotment of snaps. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm higher than the market. Again, that doesn't mean I'm betting overs like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like five, five-ish. Let's see. Yeah, it's 40 and a half at BetMGM. I, I'm at about 45 for, for his receiving yards. So I'm a little bit over there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, and it was lower. I think it's gone up a little bit. I think it was in a, th- a high thir- mid-30s oh, uh, earlier in the week. So yeah, I probably should have hit that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I'm surprised the market was that low. I guess kind of still treating him like he is. Uh, right. Not 100 percent, which I mean, it's fair, you know, yes. but, uh, you know, Goff has been playing well, his game's indoors and he didn't, you know, when he, if you don't take any snaps off, that's ha- like you've played in your usual allotment of snaps. I'm not really going to ding you too much uh, for, for an injury. I am high on George Kittle. Uh, I think this is a good spot for him. I know, the, you know, it's the temperatures are going to be in the mid 50s. You could you're probably going to see some rain in this game. Um, I don't think it will affect things too much here uh but you know obviously that is something to monitor with not just Kittle but all every member of the uh San Francisco and, and Green Bay passing game right now we are you know do expect double digit mile per hour wins and some rain so could get a little dicey but Kittle's not a a, a massive downfield target anyway so if it if, if, it, if Purdy has to you know use the quick game or the, the short passing game a little more that actually helps Kittle uh another thing I noticed with Kittle uh he has pretty Massive home road splits, uh, especially this year. At home, he's averaging five, just under five and a half catches for 87 yards with 0.7 touchdowns. On the road, uh, just three catches, 46 yards, and 0.1 touchdowns. And in his career, at home, 69 yards. On the road, 59 yards. And uh, at, at home, 0.44 touchdowns. On the road, 0.32 touchdowns. So, uh, he has been one of those guys, and, and it makes sense because at home, you know, teams play better. You're expected to score more touchdowns. Tight ends aren't, you know, doing much out. Like touchdowns are still what tight ends have to rely on uh, to, to to really hit their ceilings. And uh, Green Bay, good matchup for tight ends, 26th in DVOA uh, against the position according to FTN last week. And obviously, you know, Dak throws for over 400 yards, so take it with a grain of salt. But Green Bay allowed. 11 catches for 100 yards uh, on 15 targets to tight ends with those three Jake Ferguson touchdowns. So that's Mm -hmm. a a 25% target market share to tight ends. And Kittle, you know, for the Niners, I mean, probably getting every single tight end target. You know, Charlie Werner, if he gets a target, I mean, that that would would be surprising. So uh, Kittle's in a good spot here. um, And again, it's Green Bay team. Makes sense. They do play... Uh, more zone than than most uh, under Joe Barry and tight ends usually have more success against zone. So, you know, if, if the weather is kind of impacting a downfield passing game, uh, I would like this even more, but I think this is a good uh, potential blow up spot for uh, Kittle. All right. Who are you low on? 
Uh, I'm low on Tucker Craft. Uh, he's my tight end eight right now. But uh, as predicted, you know, we were trying to figure out what the splits would be with Musgrave and Craft this week, and it was pretty much dead on. You know, uh, Musgrave's Musgrave's playing time increased uh, in his second game back from his injury at the expense of Craft, obviously. Uh, but it was more of a you know 35-65 split, and I would not be shocked if it keeps trending towards more of a 50-50 split. So. I don't think we've seen, um, you know, Kraft's slip in playing time stop quite yet. Uh, and this is a tougher matchup against the Niners defense that does rank fourth in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, plus, you know, we've talked about the, the improved health of the uh, Green Bay's wide receiver depth chart. Even just the emergence of a guy like Bo Melton uh, could also just start chipping away at, you know, Kraft and Musgrave's target share in general. Um, so Kraft is the guy that I've been writing, you know, the past – few weeks now but uh right now i think he's definitely on the downward uh angle and you know musgrave could make it more of a 50 50 split as soon as this week yeah i have it trending i still have craft about like 60 like around 60 40 ish um, yeah, over musgrave but uh you know musgrave is trending up and also you know it, it was interesting because last week and it was just such a small sample of pass uh you know pass attempts design pass plays that it's tough True. to get a read because like craft actually played on 86% of the pass snaps, which is right the same thing he was doing this whole time Musgrave was out, but uh, a route at only 67%. So he blocked on, you know, about a quarter of his snaps this time around uh, in the passing game, which where Musgrave didn't block at all. So um, that also kind of contributed to the split going down, but I, I do agree. I also, you know, noticed that Kraft is a lot more involved on, you know, early downs when a team is is ahead, whereas Musgrave gets more of his targets when the team is, you know, trailing. And, and, and I think, you know, going into San Francisco as close to a double-digit underdog, that might favor Musgrave. Like if, they, if the team, you know, gets behind by two scores and they're just in hurry-up throw mode, I think you'd see a little more Musgrave uh, than you do Kraft. But you mentioned it. It's, it's a tough matchup regardless. I mean, I always look out for tight ends, especially these young tight ends, you know, going up against – Fred Warner and uh, all those San Francisco linebackers, like just really not, not, not a matchup I want parts of. I, you know, I know it, you know, could get, could have some success if you get into a uh, garbage time, if they're playing prevent or something like that. But um, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, just not uh, a matchup I want my tight ends going up against. Uh, and Burks has been uh, good in coverage as well, Oren Burks. So, I mean, all three San Francisco linebackers, excellent in coverage. If they're in base, they probably won't be in base. But, uh, you know, Gibson is good. If he has to guard them, they just have a lot of options to take away tight ends. So I'm probably going to see uh, a little more. I mean, their corners are good, too. So maybe you see more dump offs to Aaron Jones. Who knows? But it's it's just <laughs> a tough matchup uh, for the tight ends. And, they're, you know, it's hard. they're going to cannibalize each other. So um, I think at this point, Musgrave is trending up. Craft trending down. Yep. So uh, I agree with you on that one. Uh, I'm just going to, I just mentioned, uh, not really, I would be low on him if obviously um, Andrews plays, but Isaiah likely, you know, right now. But he's also, it's most tight ends good against zone coverage, not as good against man, but likely's so talented that he, he's actually averaging over two yards a route against man coverage this year, but just 1.3 against zone. So, uh, you know, the, even if Andrew sits out, it's not a great matchup for likely. They're also a uh, favorite. So maybe they don't pass quite as much. Uh, I do think they'll come out with a pass heavy game plan, but um, just doesn't likely is not really, um, I, I, w- I would think anyway, as going to be at the top of the target totem pole. I think you're going to look for uh, Zay Flowers. I think Odell, uh, can have some advantages here. Uh, Bateman as well. So um, likely might be like the third or fourth option. And then if Andrews comes back, likely average only 17% route participation with Andrews healthy. I don't think Andrews would return to a full complement of snaps, as I mentioned, but uh, it just, it's kind of another craft Musgrave situation. You just really mm-hmm. don't know. Um, and that's, you know, likely would be overpriced in DFS. Um, any way you look at it, because he's still being priced uh, as a starter. So yeah. that's just something to uh, to monitor. But if 
if Andrews is in, I still I still don't love Likely because I think, you know, if Andrews gets ruled out, then I think everybody, will, oh, well, Likely's an option now. And, you know, he'll probably be a little bit over uh, overly popular uh, in the market. So uh, probably fading Likely either way. But like uh, just wanted to kind of mention that uh, with uh, Andrews potentially returning. All right. What are you doing for the tight end prop? Uh, obviously, I'm going with a Mark Andrews prop. I think it's important just to talk through if he does suit up, kind of where we would project him. He's one of the few players that doesn't have a market yet. Uh, so need help sharpening my projection. And, um, you know, we mentioned a lot of times I, you know, my prop guy ends up sitting out. This is why, because I'm usually throwing out a injured <laughs> player. Uh, but I think you've been hinting that you're low on him. I'm, I might be lower. I don't know. Uh, so my projection as of now is 38 and a half receiving yards. Are you going over or under that? Let's see, that is a, that's a great line. Um, I am a little bit under that. I'm more at like 37. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah one I, yard. <laughs> yeah. It's not, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, yeah. but I, I do, I do think it, it'll be more of like a split snap situation and mm-hmm. because you have this large spread, that just creates more uncertainty as far as pass volume, I think, for Baltimore. Like, I think they're going to come out uh, pass heavy. But, I mean, obviously I could be wrong. They've been a run-heavy team for most of, you know, Lamar Jackson's career. But also, uh, you know, they could come out pass heavy, get a lead, and then, you know, put Andrews uh, in bubble wrap for the AFC Championship game. So just too many things, I think, floor-wise, point, you know, pointing to the floor. Whereas um, – you know, not as much pointing to the like ceiling. So I think I think he's more likely to hit his floor than ceiling in his first game back if he plays. So yeah, I'll go into that. Yeah, both of our projections will change if we get more news. Like we might get way more clarity on this than we have right now. So this is just a projection to monitor where both of our projection could go up or down quite a bit. Right, exactly. Yeah. He might I, I might bump him like a maybe over forty if like he's definitely in, but yeah. Um, I'm I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not going higher than like, I'm at three catches right now. I'm probably not going higher than three and a half either way. I, I think right. that would kind of be the, the right, the right line there. So maybe like a 60, 40, 60, you know, something like that split with, uh, with Isaiah likely. All right. That is going to do it for our divisional week NFL players projection episode of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And of course, if you're into betting, my weekly betting preview episode is out with Stucky as well. Best bets episode on this channel with Brandon Anderson. You can visit actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content, as well as fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget to join the Action Network Discord server as well. Link will be in the episode description. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Rabon. I wrap those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until conference championship round, let's get this money. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.